is this on? Sam Long, and I am joined by the two men who have joined me for 20 episodes. Gentlemen, this is our 20th episode now. We have a Beans, we have a Turd, it's Caleb Ubel and Gavin Alexander. Gentlemen, how excited are you for today's episode? You know, we've, we've done this for 20 episodes, and we're, we're still as consistent as the second. Oh, I would shit. say that we might even be worse than the second episode. <laughs> <laughs> We've gotten into a rut. We've been in a creative rut. We pretty much are relying on other people to do our show for us at this point. We had like the government. <laughs> Wait, what was that? We're like the government. Oh, uh, okay, that works. <laughs> but no, we're have we had Sam Waller on um last week. We're gonna have Rachel on this week. Surprise, everyone, for the big surprise. Rachel was supposed to be on a couple weeks ago, but, you know, circumstance. And we're, we're having Jacob Land on next week. So, I mean, we're pretty much just not even doing our job at this point. It's fantastic. Yeah, we're all fired. We should well, just, you know, like, send the link out to whoever we're going to have the show with, and they can just monologue for, like, 30 minutes. And then God, we'll just... That's the dream. I know. We really don't have to do anything. Cash Beans out, is really man. the only one out of the two of us who's doing anything. Yeah, I, I didn't even. Did. I didn't even do my job today. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, really? I don't have a job. There was nothing to do at the baseball field today. I bet. Oh no, they're underwater. They're we're swimming out there right now. I remember when I had that job and uh, I got set back to uh, clean up like the supplies while it was raining, and then I yeah. almost got hit by a tornado. <laughs> Oh, that was tornado day. You know, this you know is a perfect transition to today's sponsor, though. Today's sponsor is rain. Rain. It's everywhere, and it's never the right amount that farmers need it. Every time <laughs> it rains, farmers go out to church and they pray, we need less rain. And then when it stops raining, they go back to church and say, we need more rain. Rain. Never correct. <laughs> That's so true. It it's, is true. Farmers, farmers, the ones that can like, farmers really should just go to church and be like, "Dear God, we need five and three quarters inches of rain, but no more and no less." You to you to think that farmers can do math. <laughs> hey, my grandfather could probably do basic math. So farmers are very good at like judging distances. Like that is like their strong suit. Like. And acreage, like, you know, like just an area, they'll just say, yeah, that's, they're, they're so good at judging that. I well, can't Because they sit in their fucking tractor for four hours and say, God, it's got to be like at least 26 more times up and down the field. <laughs> do you, do you, what do you think uh, farmers uh, measure stuff in? Like, I know a lot of Americans measure stuff in football fields, but time, they, they measure they up and down the field before they're done. I was going to say boot links. Boot links. See, like well, if I'm looking at something, I could be like, "Yeah, that's like ten feet away," but it could actually be like thirty. Like I do not judge that very well at all. 
I don't either. Actually, I did. I did at work today. Have to judge, um, kind of the distance or something. I said, I said it looked like <clears> ten <throat> yards or whatever. And so I guess thirty to thirty-five feet. And my maintenance guy said, "Yeah, probably like thirty to thirty-five. And I was like, "Oh yeah, that's that uh football training uh coming into play. You know, all the years of playing football. Oh yeah. Well, you know, we respect farmers on this show. We know that." The world would not run without farmers, but obviously a lot of people probably clicked off after we completely <laughs> offended them by making fun of farmers there for about two minutes. And, you know, our show is based out of a farm state. So, you know, if you hated that, how unsubscribe, you know, don't like <laughs> dislike this video, leave a nasty comment. But if you thought it was funny, you know, don't forget to uh, like, rate and subscribe to our podcast because, you know. We forget to do this at the beginning of the show. We're trying to sell out. So, you know, shout out to our Twitter handle at underscore underscore F3S. You're going to hear that at the end of the show too, folks. But I think it's now time to go to the beginning of the show. You know, we should actually start it since we've wasted about three minutes of every three to five minutes of everyone's time, I would say. Roughly. Three boot links. Roughly. <laughs> so does that mean like a boot link is a boot link is a minute? Oh, I will never forget this. Uh, so I used to, I used to drive like a shit ton of miles every day for school, and one day during a sip, those of you who know, you know what sip is. Uh, we actually did the math to what a country mile is, and a country mile comes up further than a regular mile. Yep that that doesn't surprise me. It's like a nautical mile. Yeah. 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 Which Anyways. let me tell you, when your coach tells you to run a lot of those, it matters. <laughs> Anyways. All right, let's get to the actual show. Beans, are the Royals good or do they suck? They are, yeah. All right, that's enough Royals talk. They <laughs> um, the Red Sox are back, by the way. Um, let's do a quick NBA gloss over. The Heat and Celtics are tied 2-2 with the Celtics blowing the Heat out twice and the Heat barely winning two games. Gentlemen, are the Celtics going to end up stealing home court at Miami game five? Um, Good talk. Yeah, I know you guys don't watch the NBA. No, I don't know who's where and what. <laughs> Warriors are also up 3-0 in their series against the Dallas Mavericks. I know uh, who those Luka's are. Been, yeah, the Luca's been putting up great numbers. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think they'll get. I'm not sure if Dallas will get swept. They play tonight. Uh, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. So you know, this podcast will already be out of date by the time we post it tomorrow. So. Good for us. I would be more concerned about the NBA playoffs seeming to be entirely determined by who's shooting well from three that night. If you just look at like a, if you look at winners and losers and their three point percentages in that given game, there's a pretty just straightforward correlation between, oh, this team shot 50% from three, the other team lost. Oh, this team shot 30% from three, they lost. Or twenty percent. In a vacuum, though, like that's kind of how basketball works, right? Yeah, it, it's it's getting worse over time, I would say. Um, but yes, it's always, at least for our lifetimes, pretty much worked that way. Yeah, I mean, you got to put the ball in the basket, and I mean, Dallas is a very exaggerated version of kind of, of even like Golden State. Like Golden State shoots a lot of threes because Steph is the greatest shooter of all time. Clay. Po- Clay can shoot like that, and Jordan Poole has been shooting like that too. But Dallas is pretty much just give Luca the ball and surround him with four dudes who can kind of shoot, and then like let's see what. Then he either puts the ball up because he's got an opening in the paint, or he kicks it out to a guy and they shoot a three. 
Yeah. So it's just kind of that way. All right. Now on to sports that you guys actually know some stuff about. Um, I remember in like our second episode when we were making fun about how Kyler Murray, you know, deleting stuff off of his uh, Instagram didn't mean anything. And now he's not showing up for OTAs. So now I look like an idiot, which is par for the course. So <laughs> congratulations to everyone who said that might have been something, I suppose. So, gentlemen, Kyler Murray, not at OTAs, something or nothing? Well, <sighs> Kyler Murray not showing up to OTAs is per sources. So are we sure this is true yet? No. <laughs> media reported it. So. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. The media? <laughs> But yeah. I believe the media. Yeah, from who's a serious standpoint, have you guys ever seen like a bickering match between two sides where both sides have like no leverage? Like, isn't this just awesome? It's I don't, like it's I don't like, know who has less leverage here because both of them seem like they should just not have any leverage. I I vote that the Cardinals have left less leverage because Kyler Murray could just go play baseball theoretically, and the A's are bad enough. To where, like, they would just let him play in the majors for funsies. Like, as a oh, would he go to the A's? Yeah, he got drafted by the A's. And the A's that's, but that's but that they, that contract still holds. Yeah, they have his rights. Oh yeah, I can see that happening because they stink. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. I want to see what the A's are. So the A's are in last place in the AL West at 17 and 27. <clears throat> so for perspective. The Royals are 14 and 27. So if the Royals won like three games in a row, they'd be the A's. Yeah. So my question is like, at what point do you trade Kyler Murray? Because I mean, right now, the general manager, uh, Steve Keem, I think that's how you say his name, Keem, Keem, Keem. They're saying that there's a 0% chance, which don't say that because yes. there's a 0% chance of rain this morning. When do they, when do they sit down and say, okay, we're going to get rid of this guy? I mean, can you? Is there a uh, yeah. team willing to buy Kyler Murray for the price tag it would take? Oh, there's desperate teams out there. I mean, I know there's plenty of desperate teams, but would you? It, it comes down to: Would you rather have basically what you got, what the Seahawks got for Russell Wilson, and be known as the guy who traded away your franchise quarterback, or would you rather just pay him and like go with it? Well, they obviously don't want to pay him. Well, is it they don't want to pay him, or is it they don't want to pay him until until after his deal, after, after his season. contract? I, I, I imagine they're just waiting. Is this a prove it year then? Yes, it is. A guy that has never stayed healthy. This is absolutely a prove it year. Well, this, I mean, it makes sense why they picked up Trace McSorley. I mean, it's kind of. I'm not saying they're pound for pound the same quarterback, but the traits are traits i guess yeah that's why uh trace mcsworley was uh the backup in baltimore there for a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah traits yeah but um i, I mean is trace mcsworley better than colt mccoy is pretty much the question at that point. i mean does okay let's think of this here trace mcsworley has a parody song kyler murray doesn't how did that dude not get a golden ticket in mutt last year <laughs> like, I, 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 he had a parody song that came out like that year and he didn't get it I know. <laughs> like, how? <laughs> I love Trace McSwirly at Penn State. This is completely off topic. I thought he was great at Penn State. I didn't think I he was like an NFL guy or anything, but I loved watching him. Oh, yeah. I, I'm 100% by that one, too. Yeah, I like Go back Penn and State. watch uh, Penn State-Wisconsin Big Ten Championship game. Game was awesome. Yeah. So. Um, okay, back to the NFL. 
uh, now that we've uh, completely gone off the rails and talked about Penn State over the Arizona Cardinals, shows you how irrelevant the Cardinals kind of are at this point. Yep. Um, I think we can all agree that this is quote unquote something. It's not nothing. Um, surely this gets resolved, right? Like surely. I mean, when your two alternatives are, I don't know if Kyler Murray, I think he'll play without an extension, but it seems very unlikely that this isn't resolved before the season starts. And like resolved could even mean traded or like, I, I just don't know who's trading for him right now though. So think of all the teams. That's what I'm saying. Carolina, if they trade him, right. Think of all the teams that need a quarterback in this current situation. Yeah, I know, but, like, the Colts could have used Kyler Murray. They would have loved to have done that before they traded for Matt Ryan. <clears throat> Seattle? Yeah. I mean, Seattle could, but Arizona's not going to trade to Seattle. Surely not. We're disregarding the part of this, too. And, like, I'm not comparing as players Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield, but, like, this, like, throwing a fit and trying to get what you want on following people on Instagram, like, that's, like, the type of – not on on field behavior from I you know what I'm going to put Kyler in there because that playoff loss from him and the body language he showed in that was pretty shitty. Um I don't know if like we've already seen Baker Mayfield not get a job because of antics and because of optics off the field and in the locker room. Um well, I think too with that is I don't the Browns have to eat like a ton of money. Like no one wants to take Baker's money is the thing. Yeah, uh, but that's like you're, gonna to, you're gonna have to trade for Kyler with the thought process that you're going to have to pay him too. Yeah, no, and I get that. But, like, Baker's not fetching the same return that Kyler's theoretically would. Yeah, I guess that's more of a – I don't think NFL teams see Kyler Murray as the character of a franchise quarterback right now. Yeah, cutting – We've seen a lot of stories like that too. Cutting Baker Baker would cost $18 They're not going to cut him. I don't no. think. Well, even I, trading I, him, like no matter what, they take that that that. Well, unless they make an agreement, but yeah, that's I eighteen million. If he got traded this offseason, it wouldn't shock me if he got traded like in the trade deadline or something, and some team just decided, ah, yeah, we'll just eat all this money because we're bad. Yeah. What, what needs to happen there, and we can move on after this, is Baker Mayfield needs to be a good soldier, play the first six games when Deshaun Watson is. Uh, suspended, play well, and then increase his trade market, get traded, and everybody wins. That's I, like I don't think he'll play those games, though, is the thing. Like, you think he'll just sit out? I, I would sit out if I was him. Not because... Really? I mean, I wouldn't... I mean, because here's the thing, right? Like, if you play and you get hurt, then that's bad. If you play and you play bad, then you might not even get another chance to start. And if you play and you play good, then, like, how much more of a market is there actually going to be, I guess? I mean, I I would just do what Mitch did and just basically not play. Yeah, because like, I guess him as a free agent is a lot different than some team. Yeah, because that's what I would do. The Browns aren't going to just fucking franchise tag him. True. Yeah, like, that makes sense. That would be dumb. So just sit out the season and just say, hey – I'm rehabbing from my injuries and like taking some time like away from playing in order to, you know, whatever. Like you're resetting your mind, all this crap. Yep. Like also and, and like will that work? I don't know. But I mean I again 
I, I don't know. <laughs> and then even Mitch, Mitch even got replaced by uh, Kenny Pickett from the draft, so who even knows? Yeah. Andy and- has a flood warning? God damn. <laughs> <laughs> I got a first floor apartment, gentlemen. We got a flood warning. No, we, we weren't even really talking about the Cardinals, but within the same realm of the Cardinals, we should also mention that Daryl Williams signed there today to probably back up uh, James Conner. Um, is Darryl Williams going to take over uh, the pass-catching role? Because I, I know ooh. he showed some pass-catching flashes he did. with Kansas City, and he, like, says he's a pass-catching. Like, is he going to take – or is he just going to be the backup? I think he's just going to serve as a backup with James Conner playing – most of the snaps, and I don't think James Connor's limited to what, like, what downs or whatever he's going to play. So then they'll just use. But I think Daryl Williams is kind of the same, where you can play him on whatever down, whatever situation. So he's just I, kind I, of a spellback. I I get that. I just find it weird that you would bring in like Daryl Williams like post draft, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I like maybe Arizona was looking to add like some other player, but I, I find it hard to believe that Daryl Williams can't beat out Keontae Ingram and Eno Benjamin. I I would say all four of those backs, and which I would have also said, let me rephrase this, I don't think that being a goal line back is meaning you have to be some large plotting back in the NFL, so I don't think, with that being said, I don't think any back on their roster is limited to what downs they can play. I think all four of them uh, can take passes. I think all four of them can play on the goal line. Um, they just kind of have a bunch of guys that can do whatever role they need to there. Okay. I buy that. Well, speaking of uh, – I don't know how I was going to try and transition that one. Um, <laughs> well, you know, we talked extensively about James Bradbury. Gavin and I were pounding the table to use some of our cachet, you know, to bring in James Bradbury. And Beans was absolutely against it. And then – James Bradbury went out and signed with the Eagles. So, Beans, you got your wish. You get to watch the crap secondary that we have out there. Should say crap. The young, the young unproven secondary that we're going to have this year. Whatever, without any veteran leadership. So, Beans, please victory lap for us. And Uh, then hopefully in like, you know, a couple months, this doesn't come back and look like a bunch of idiocy and we're actually playing well on defense. Um, well, knowing my luck, this will come around me in the ass. But <clears throat> on that note, uh, I do believe that saving the one year, what the hell was it? Was it like six million? I think it was like nine. Was it nine? Somewhere yeah. in there. High the single digits. High single digits. Which I don't. I'm looking at his thing right now. Give me one second here while I stall and think of what I'm going to say. There's James Bradbury right there. All right, sorry, I had to get on spot rack. Uh, shout out to Spot Rack for providing all these numbers. Give me one second here while it loads. So that way I can give you actual proof. Anyways, I'd rather take the young corners that we have now. I, I I know it's not proven or anything like that, but James Bradbury is 28 years old. He's a declining corner. And who's to say, like, yeah, he could have a good year, but you have one year of production out of him where we have a Trent McDuffie where we could have four years of great production out of him. So yeah, but imagine if you had Trent McDuffie's great production for four years with one year of great production with James Bradbury. Yeah, I I just don't think that type of thinking, especially on a team that's gonna want to compete, like 
James, why would you decline? What's the downside to getting one good year out of James Bradbury? The decline is then he's going to demand more money. Well, then you well, don't. Then him. you don't sign him back. Then you then then it's a compensatory pick at that point. Well, that's good. <laughs> then we <laughs> get on. another corner that then we can we, replace. Then we'd him. have thirteen picks. <laughs> yeah, I I wish that the Chiefs would have done this. Um, I think the Eagles just continue adding weapons to this roster. I'm not scared of the Eagles yet. I'm scared of the Eagles next year when they add a back or add a quarterback in the draft that's actually good at playing football. And then all of a sudden you have this team with a loaded roster and a rookie quarterback. Uh, we've seen that before where the rookie quarterback just isn't good. But if we, we see the jump that like uh, Justin Herbert or Joe Burrows made out of whoever their starter is, that's a very, very dangerous roster that the Eagles would have. So- well, that's how the Eagles won the Super Bowl in 17. They had a yep. rookie quarterback who took a jump and a loaded roster. And then Nick Foles, yeah, that roster was so good, it drug Nick Foles to the Super Bowl. Now, Nick Foles won that Super Bowl for them, to be completely fair. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to name the position on the Chiefs team, and then I want you to say where you would plug in James Bradbury, okay? Outside All right. corner. Outside Over corner. You have Legereus Sneed and Trent McDuffie. I put uh, Trent McDuffie on the bench, and I'll put Legereus Sneed in the slot. So you, so you don't want to take the guy that we traded up for to throw no. him in on the outside? I don't want to start a. I don't want to force a rookie corner into starting. No. Well, who's well, our slot corner? Rashad Fenton. Rashad, you well. Uh, so how Spags kind of rolls with his defenses? He likes playing three safeties. So you've already got, you know, <clears throat> uh, Juan Thornhill. Who I would probably put he does Juan Thornhill plays way better in the slot than he does uh, as a deep secondary safety. So that's where I think that they're thinking that they can get Juan Thornhill back to his old self by pushing him up into the box. Think, think of it this well, way: if being you're playing three safeties, then go with uh, Sneed. Uh, Jesus Christ, Sneed. Uh, not Aaron, 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 Put Aaron, Ryan Aaron, Cook back there. Need Reed and uh, Need Reed Cook. Thornhill. And then Thornhill. You put, in the sl- you put McDuffie outside with Bradbury, and then you put Penton in the slot. Boom. Let's you not forget have- we also have the corner that we or the safety. I forget from uh, not the one from Houston, the one we yeah signed Cincinnati. I, it, it, he was from Marshall, by the way, not Houston. I don't, well, know who, we I don't know who that guy is, so I don't care. Yeah, we, we have a lot of players in the secondary. I just don't think you should ever prevent good players from getting on your roster when it's not going to affect your future. I, I'm just a big proponent in, in Beach We Trust. That's just my thing. All right, whatever. We'll be fine. We don't care. We'll revisit this in a couple months when Beans is looking like a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gavin and I are looking like jackasses. Maybe Bradbury stinks. Um, Gavin, you typed this guy out. Yep. Um, you hate Traylon Burks. It's been well documented that you hate Traylon Burks. I don't hate Traylon Burks. So let's I, go. I hate the fact that people are dumb and they see big, fast wide receiver go burr and freak <laughs> out. Uh, Traylon Burks showed up to OTAs overweight. It's not getting reported that way because they traded AJ Brown to get him, and they won't leak that information. But he's had to leave practice now multiple times over. Oh, this week and last week to get oxygen because he just apparently didn't was not in shape enough to make it through football practices in You're Tennessee. You're kidding me. This no, is legit. Yeah. 
No, yes, he left last week, and I just saw that he left again today. He's getting oh my Gosh. He had weight issues at Arkansas. Why are people – this is what I was saying with Traylon Burks. Why are people surprised at this? He had weight issues at Arkansas. He's going to have weight issues in the NFL. I, I guess let me rephrase that. He had him at Arkansas. I don't see why we would project that to stop all of a sudden. Like, I don't hate Traylon Burks. I hate the fact that people just ignore everything with a big, fast wide receiver because he's big and fast, and then they'll just, like, poke holes into every other prospect that they can, like, because they're not big and fast. Not big and fast, right. I like, just because... don't hear what I'm not saying because he's big and fast. He has a much, much, much bigger ceiling, much higher ceiling. He can play more roles in the NFL, blah, blah, blah. But like, you still have to be a good player when you're big and fast. And Traylon Burks has not shown that. And apparently he's also hasn't shown the ability to keep his weight down and take care of his body. So I think that are you fat shaming Traylon Burks? I'm absolutely fat shaming a dude that's making, uh, like 10 times the salary that I am. So, yes. so does this mean we're the, that the Tennessee Titans are just going to throw him in as the goal line running back now? Oh, dude, let's go. I'd do that. Well, I mean, you've heard me on this podcast. Them trading A.J. Brown was a mistake. They set up Ryan Tannehill to play. Traylon Burks coming in overweight just increases Malik Willis's chances of seeing the field. This hey, makes my we, we love that for our dynasty team, but I know my I just I just it. got I just picked up uh, Kyle Phillips, so I'm kind of like yeah, that was oh. a good pickup, Beans. Yeah, yeah, let's go, bring it on, baby. But okay, enough uh, shitting on one uh, fat sack of shit. Let's get into Saban and Jimbo. Oh boy, two <laughs> fat sacks of shit. That's right. <laughs> so I didn't even watch any of these videos because uh, I I can't be bothered. To watch two dudes who have infinite resources complain about why kids don't want to go to their schools is pretty much <laughs> the gist of it. Just Nick Saban mad that Jimbo Fisher bought all of his recruits and then Jimbo mad because Nick Saban is, you know, calling him out. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, what happened was Nick Saban was at a talking to his he's at an event for uh, donors for the University of Alabama and he called out. Uh, Jimbo Fisher directly in the University of Texas A&M for recruiting the players that they got because Texas A&M had the best recruiting class in the country and Alabama was second. And apparently Nick Saban hates losing enough that he's just going to disregard every unwritten rule in college football that you don't call out directly another coach or another program uh, and just shit on them. So the next morning, Jimbo Fisher holds a press conference and just went on a like 15 minute tangent talking about how shitty what Nick Saban said was how shitty the person is. The fact that he knows things, he knows things about how Alabama got players to go there. Yeah, because he was their offensive coordinator, wasn't he? He was the he coached with Saban at LSU. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. I, I can't remember. They've the coached together time. in the past. So like they definitely know things about each other that like everybody well, else doesn't know. You're both coaches in the SEC. You know, you know each other. Like, no, both those dudes had bag men before NIL. Like, come on. Okay. Like, come on. Did you hear Fisher's comments? No, not okay. like word for word. I know what he Okay, said. I have it pulled up right here. Fisher said, I don't cheat and I don't lie. I learned that when I was a kid and <clears throat> my old man would slap me on the side of the head. Maybe somebody should have slapped him. Some yeah. people think some people think they're God. Go dig up go dig into how God did his deal. My goodness. 
Wow. Yeah, he was not Dude, very Bam, happy. Bam is going to beat that team by fucking 40. I hope people know that. Like, everyone's going to hype this game up and, like, whatever. They're not going to shake Bam each other's hands. By 40. You know that there's beef in this game for sure. That game's at Bama, too. Like, oh, the game was oh. at a and it's like, ah, oh, well, you know. Dude, they're going to have to bump security on that one. Uh, did, dude, that's going to be an ugly game. Did, like, like l- looking at this from, like, the – like up high, big point of view. Did this just not seem to you guys, especially as K State fans, with the problems we've had with players transferring out and NIL? Did this not just come off as like two frat dudes whose dads own Fortune 500 companies, just like arguing about dumb shit because they're they screaming don't at each they're screaming at each other from a yacht. yeah, <laughs> like well you fucking. <laughs> Shell oh, you! Your assets. You only have a forty-five foot yacht. Go fuck yourself. I we we're not hard for our forty-two foot yacht. <laughs> State, we've got a twenty. We got a we got, got a fucking paddle boat out we there. Paddle Alabama, boat. Alabama fans aren't sitting there during the off season hoping that Bryce Young isn't going to transfer away because he got a better Ooh. nil deal somewhere else. Right? I just changed hot take. Can I okay. can I have like a way too early hot moment here? Sure, take it away. Go ahead. Bryce Young will not have a good season next year. I don't think Bryce Young's actually that good, Heike. I don't like, think so either. I, I mean, he'll have a good season, I, but I don't, I don't think he's like – I don't think he's good. Can I, like, I genuinely – I'm in the same boat, dude. Like, I Okay, all right. I, I, I understand that he won the Heisman and everything. Um, I've watched him during a couple games, and, like, I, I'm just – he, I'm he, so confused on what to think. Yeah, like, like it, it seems like a myth. He, he did what he did against the Georgia defense, and that's all fine and good and whatever. But, like, the previous week, like, he needed to play hero against Auburn? Okay. Yeah. Can I take that to a much, much larger lens, though, of, like, sure. there's entirely too much noise to, like, the quarterback position in general to like just about to think that you can evaluate quarterbacks. And I don't mean that to you. I'm saying that from a people who not you, Sam, like whatever you're saying or what you're saying about Bryce Young, but just like the fact that we think we can evaluate quarterback play and say that this guy is good and bad. We're probably, we know that we're not as good as we think we are the NFL, whoever, because there's so many busts at that position and they mean so much, but like, it's so fucking hard to evaluate quarterback play because you have wep- you're subject to your weapons, your offensive line, your coaching yeah. team. Uh, like it, it would not surprise me at all if some dude surrounded by the best talent that college football has to offer is is overrated. But that I just said the same be- thing about Tua. Right, and now look like, at Tua, Tua is was that good. No. No, I thought Joe Burrow was that good because Joe because Joe Burrow had like one of the best teams like of all time, and he went out and put up the best like the best stats of all time. You know what I mean? Like that. That's why I thought Joe Burrow was good because it's like, oh, like if you if you uh, extrapolate it down, then like he's still like really productive. Like even with like a worse team, so his stats are worse. You know what I mean? Like Tua was just like, okay, yeah, this guy's like hyper efficient, but like he has. Four NFL first round pick receivers on his fucking team, one of the best offensive lines in the country. Right. So yeah, like, I, I don't know. And like two two couldn't even run like like Joe Burrow was like I felt like even better like as a runner too, but that's just me, I suppose. 
they're both not like anything special in terms of like rushing. I would argue that they're both not really that. Joe Burrow is like significantly ahead of Tua as far as like processing and uh, getting the ball out early, throwing the ball before wide receiver breaks on his route, etc. But like, I don't think Joe Burrow is necessarily like a elite, elite level quarterback, anyways, either. Fair enough. Well, we need to talk about uh, something very special, something very near and dear to our hearts. You know, we're all K-State fans here, and every five to eight years, K-State loves to sprinkle in some names into the ring of honor for the football team. And we had, I think, the biggest class ever. We had six people going in. I believe so. This is definitely one of the bigger ones. I, I think it is the biggest. I think we've had five before. Um, do we have a full list of names pulled up? The show's I'm pulling how- it up right now. Yeah, I know. This shows how unprepared we are. We have our script out right in front of us. So I got it. Matter. So we have, I'll go from uh, to farthest back to most recent. Uh, we have what appears to be Larry Brown from clear the fuck back in the 67 to 68 seasons. I, I know uh, Larry Brown, the basketball coach, more than I know this guy. So no offense to Larry and his uh and the rest of the Brown family. Yeah, um, Darren Howard from uh ninety six to ninety nine, um, and then some more recent ones that everybody will recall: L. Roberson, uh, Arthur Brown, and Colin Klein, and then Tyler Lockett is the most recent inductee. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll start with um, I don't know if we. None of us really can speak much on Larry Brown and even Darren Howard to that much, but like the other guys here, it was really cool for the first time in my lifetime, besides like Jordy in the last class, to see people get inducted that I specifically remember playing. Yeah, I mean, I I went, I think I went to almost every game. I think I might have missed one or two, but I went to every game of those guys' college career and watched every game of those guys' college career damn near. Like, you know, I remember Colin Klein's first start against Texas in 2000, and that would have been 2010 when we passed the ball like three to five times, I think it was. And he just just ran the ball the whole time, and I was like, huh, Texas stinks. This will never work. (laughs) And then we rode that to a a Big 12 title two years later. Yeah, and I guess there was some – Whenever you induct people into a Hall of Fame, into a list like this, whatever, there's always going to be the people that like, oh, this person got screwed. I know the Kevin Lockett or Aaron Lockett and Aaron Lockett, whatever, crowds were out in full force after this. Um, My dad being one of them. What did you guys think about, uh, I guess, everybody that was inducted who shouldn't have made it, who should have made it? I mean, I think think Tyler deserves his flowers. I mean – yeah, of course. He's the best receiver in the program's history. Yep. And, and also to continue like what he's done in the NFL, like the most underrated NFL receiver. I think I think memorizing him now, especially with this class of Arthur Brown and Colin Klein, I think that's just I think that's the reason. It's because those two are also in it. He, he's the first ballot. Uh, not that this should be viewed as a ballot, but like the first time that he could make it into the ring of honor, he did. Um, yes. That's absolutely – he's absolutely worthy of that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the other two Lockets will make it in at some point. Eventually. It's the it's the first football family in K-State. Yeah. I, I think it's just – it's hard because you always – every time you induct someone from, like, 
Cree Snyder every time. Yeah. And then, like, how we don't have a lot of defensive guys up there, so that's probably why you're going Darren Howard. And then, I mean, like, what are you going to do? Not put Colin Klein and not put um, Tyler Lockett in? So, I mean, the, the two guys who are probably the ones that I don't want to say I have a problem with a little bit. It's really more of a, like, Mm, okay, like I get why I get that they're there. To a lesser extent, L. Roberson, I think I think a lot of people still have some hurt feelings with L, kind of how things ended with that whole thing. Yeah. But um, I mean, L was really good. We probably could have if he never got hurt against Oh, I don't even remember who got hurt against, but if he never got hurt, you know, we could have been looking at an even better season than what we had in two thousand three. But I mean, L's the third best quarterback in K-State history, probably. I mean, it's him or Lynn Dickey, probably. The third best? Third yeah. Best. It's I think probably L or Lynn Dickey. I would put L, probably. At, like, it's a close... It's definitely interchangeable, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, I, so I mean, like... Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think part... Something that's important to note there, too, is from, like, the... Uh, the way the public views, like, who you're inducting. L. Roberson was also the quarterback during the, like, high high point of Snyder 1.0. Like, after, you know, the hype train had, like, fully went off. The 98 season had happened. Like, K-State at this point is, like, a national – a nationally recognized program. Like, when uh, <laughs> any other quarterback besides Bishop, who's already in there, that you're talking about putting in there just isn't – doesn't have that. So, like, there's a lot more people that recognize the name L. Roberson than recognize names before him is, I guess, what I'm saying. Yeah. And the one, and, the one guy who's surprising is – and I, whenever I sat down and, like, tried to guess the next ring of honor, I kept thinking, like, is Arthur Brown actually going to get in? Because, like, you know, it's like Arthur Brown was really good, but, like, is he, oh. like, ring of honor good? Dude, I, I went to one game – it was against uh, Baylor, and him uh, picking yeah, off that game. Him Pick. picking off RG three was just like the just chef's kiss. That was beautiful. But like the thing is, is like yeah, Arthur Brown was really good. It, it's just like you wonder if he was like that good. And the thing is, is I'm echoing on this app. Why are you echoing? Uh, now you're not. Yeah, you're good. Man, that was that was weird in the middle of my Arthur Brown rant too. Um, That's I, that. <laughs> I, I swear going. Arthur Brown is, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to slander him, but he's trying to keep me from saying anything negative about him. He's <laughs> um, but all, all I'm going to say is, is I feel like this is an excuse to get Colin and Tyler and Arthur Brown together because it's the 10 year anniversary of the 2012 season. Yeah. And so they yeah. just kind of like, yeah, yeah, we'll just chuck Arthur Brown in there because he was like really important on that team. Well, and this is the perfect like example of why you don't just put people onto a like greatest of all time list because of wins or because of accomplishments, because that Big 12 title was won by a team. Arthur Brown was a part of a team that won it, but like, you shouldn't be saying, well, Arthur Brown won a Big 12 title here at K-State, so he has to get on the list. Like, that's not how this should work. Yeah. I, I well, feel like that's absolutely consensus. part of it with him, though. Wasn't he a consensus All-American? I mean, he was the main – he was the engine of that defense. Oh, he for won. sure. And I'm trying to – I don't really remember 
when you think of that defense, who do you remember? Ty Zimmerman. Yeah, Ty Zimmerman. Was Ty Zimmerman in that? Was Ty Zimmerman that year? Meshack Williams. Yes, he was in that year because he got hurt during the Baylor game, and Dante Barnett got absolutely toasted deep. Toasted, yeah. That was like the first time in the game where it was like, "Oh fuck!" Like that doesn't get over Zimmerman. That that was like the first time in that. Not not to make us cry here. We don't need to go into that. (laughs) That that was the moment in that game where I was like, "Oh, this this doesn't feel right." But when Um, I think of that defense in 2012, I think of Arthur Brown. Oh yeah, for sure. What what? Oh, you know who else I remember from that? Uh, Tuggle. Oh, and Ryan Mueller. Holy shit. Linebacker. God, that was hilarious. Also, you had Ryan Mueller. God, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. God, God, we had such a stout defense. (laughs) Um, I, yeah, I just remember, was it Scott Florence was the quarter? Scott Florence was the quarterback, wasn't he? For Baylor? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then uh Lacey Strunk was the running back. I, I just remember mm-hmm. those names. Like that that's yeah. how we, that that was ten years ago for two dudes who never played like in the NFL at all, and I still remember that. That's how freaking in also shout out to our corners, Alan Chapman and Nigel Malone. Uh oh, very, yeah. very, very underrated corner duo. And then uh wasn't Cornelius Lucas on that offensive line? Yeah, and Cody Whitehair. Uh, BJ Finney was the center. I remember God, this that. team was stacked. <laughs> We're yeah, just like... good NFL dudes on that, on that team, dude. Like, and yes, both Sexton, NFL. both the Sexton brothers, those guys were. Join us next week when we roster bait to the 2012 Wildcats. <laughs> yeah, how about this? Next week we'll come back and we'll be land will be on, so land can be sad with us. Uh, but for right now, um, we need to take a break as we text Miss Rachel and. Beans, our lovely editor, is going to absolutely make this transition seamless as hell. So I tell you what, folks, we'll go grab Rachel and we'll be right back. What music are we going to put in this transition? Put elevator music. (laughs) (laughs) Never going to give you, never going to let you down. (laughs) It's the the tiger is the thrill of the fight. Beans, you're ab- you absolutely have just got yourself into the role of singing the elevator music. We're not actually putting music in here because copyright. You have to sing it. Please oh. stand by. <laughs> it's a mashup, so that way they can't sue us. Yeah. <laughs> start start singing Thunderstruck. Oh, you know what? Let, fuck it. Let's sing Beethoven. I don't even know how to sing Beethoven. (laughs) And we're back, folks. Our first ever commercial break. God, we are getting up in the world. And we're really getting up in the world because now we have a legitimate guest, Miss Rachel Vigil. From 24-3, the fan in Denver, Colorado. She has actual credibility, and she's here to lend it to us. She is a complete sweetheart. Welcome, everyone. Rachel Veal. Well, thank you. Um, and first of all, commercial break. That's pretty big, guys. There you oh, go. Oh, no, it's it's just me singing. Oh, is it actually <laughs> what we're going to fill it with? Oh, oh yeah. Jesus. I, oh, yeah. I've got that lined out. <laughs> All right. Well, good for you, Beans. It's going to be Shania Twain. American Idol. I was going to sing Shania Twain. 
Oh, good luck with that. Man, I feel like a <laughs> Oh, Jesus. You can't hit those highs, Beans. You want to bet? Well, you want me to try it? Here, let me let my no. real quick. <laughs> I tell you what, before these two absolutely derail our show, Rachel, how about you tell us a little bit about yourself so that way our audience knows, you know, what we're dealing with here. Yeah, so I went to Colorado State University. I worked with the men's basketball team. I was there. Then I got a job right out of college at the Western Athletic Conference. Covered college athletics, worked for the Colorado Rapids, um, did some freelancing with Altitude Sports out in Colorado, and now I work for The Fan, and I cover the Broncos, the Nuggets, the Avalanche, the Rapids, everything. I'm on their airwaves Sunday morning, and then I'm also hosting a daily digital show that is about to go to 45 minutes every single morning, so we cover pretty much anything and everything in the headlines, um, anything relevant to Colorado sports to a lot of opinion based stuff. That's kind of what we're, we're known for because we're not connected to any teams out there. So everybody can come to the fan and you can get just complete honest opinions. So it's really cool. It's fun. I've been in sports for like five years now almost, which is crazy to even think about. So it's been a blast. Wow. You're like legit. So I I told you she was legit guys. Like I said, she's giving us credibility. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. We're like bottom feeders. So just letting you know, we are bottom of the barrel right now. I mean, we're all fans of sports at the end of the day. That's what makes us all passionate about it. And whether you have a credential or you don't, you care about the sports and the team and the players. So we're all the same, really. Oh, there's no credential flying around in this place. (laughs) That was I some mean, great you, media you coach. Baseball diamond, so, you know, that makes you more qualified than me that works in a factory. <laughs> well, Rachel, I think, you know, we got to let you talk a little bit about the abs. The avalanche beat the blues last night to go up three, one in the series. I uh, was talking with my friend last night and I was about to turn the game on because Miami was getting absolutely throttled last night. And as I was talking with them and checking in the game, I saw that it was 1-1, and then I saw it was 2-1, and then I saw it was 3-1 in about the matter of a minute. Yeah, it was crazy. So there was so much drama, like, ahead of the game, after game three, Kadri with Jordan Bennington going out. Uh, there was just so much drama. Like, there was racist threats going on. Like, seriously, so much. Yeah, you can check out Denver Fan. Let me tease real quick, denverfan.com. Um, We've got, like, all the information, but things got really serious. And, you know, like, the Blues head coach said he had no comments on the racist threats that were going towards Nazem Kadri, which was kind of, in my opinion, like, a BS move. Come on, you get media coached, you can say something, then I have no comment on that. So there was a lot of emotion going into it last night's game, and then the Blues left first, and everyone's like, okay, like, that's happened every single game this series. We'll just wait and see. And then all of a sudden, the Avalanche just, like, let him fly. And Alvin Kadri ends up with a hat trick, which was crazy. Like, so good for him for shutting up the fans of St. Louis. And just knowing that Colorado supports him, too, it was seriously crazy, you guys. I wish you could have, like, seen my Twitter feed last night because as they were just going, it was a minute 42, and they scored three goals. So this team can get hot really, really fast. But – um yeah, it was good. Like, I'm happy they got the win. I'm still – I think they'll get out of the series against the Blues, but it's just kind of, you know, the past three years they've got eliminated from the second round. So it's like, okay, so even if they get out of this one, can they advance? Can they go to the Stanley Cup? The talk here in Denver is if they don't win the Stanley Cup, like, this entire season has been a waste. And for a lot of teams, you don't usually have that conversation. You know, everyone's kind of just excited to be going for the Cup. But it's like if this team cannot win it – 
it's all over. Like this entire season was a bust. It was a complete waste of everybody's time. And that's a lot of pressure for a team too. So it's kind of been the talk around town here in Denver of just, can this team actually pull it out? They've been the Stanley cup favorites all season. Like, can they actually do it? Uh, So I'm excited. I'm nervous Wednesday night. So tomorrow night they'll play again. uh, And it's just kind of waiting to see if they can get out of this entire series, you know, and stay healthy. That's going to be a big one. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I get nervous talking about it because I have such high hopes for this team. Like I want to go to the Stanley cup finals who wouldn't want to. So we'll wait and see, I guess. I don't know. Who do you guys think? I guess, or Sam, who are you picking out of the series? Yeah, those two don't know anything about hockey. Um, Not a damn thing. I, I know. So that you're hockey, going for the Avalanche. Yeah, hockey yep. is kind of the one sport I know that is more luck based than most any other sport. Just because your best players are really only playing about like a quarter to a third of the game, just with all the line changes and everything. So some wacky things can happen in hockey. I, I'm not going to say teams come back from being down all the time because it doesn't happen all the time but it happens a lot more than like baseball or basketball or anything so the series is never actually over in hockey and that's what makes it so exciting but Colorado really does have a larger pedigree than the Blues the Blues kind of really are kind I mean they made they won that Stanley Cup a couple years ago but they're not the same team that they, they were and I think I think Denver's ready to take that next step and make it to the next round, and I would anticipate that they will probably make it to the finals, and I would anticipate that Tampa Bay will probably be who they play. I think you're correct on that. I love the President's Cup trophy, how this is like a curse in the NHL, right? Like, you don't want to win it because you're just – you're not going to win the whole big thing. And at the end of the day, what do you want? You want to be crowned a champion. So, the Avalanche won last year, then they got bounced in the playoffs. The Florida Panthers got got it this year. They just got bounced by the Tampa Bay Lightning. So, I think you're right of who it's going to be. It's just can this team have enough depth at the end of the day that they can, you know, win it hopefully – outright like if they could sweep the Tampa Bay Lightning that would be like the dream scenario but I think it'll go down to seven but again they have to get through either Edmonton or Calgary in the next round and that's tough already too so there's so Mm -hmm. much on the line it's just kind of waiting and seeing yeah Edmonton will definitely be if Edmonton makes (sighs) a really tough matchup I I know even some a lot of casual fans know who Connor McDavid is and I mean he's so damn good he's probably the best player in the league in my opinion just yeah. from a pure skill standpoint. But I I like you guys' chances. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the best – not the best team always wins, but usually by the end of it, one of the better teams ends up winning it all. And I think that you and Tampa Bay kind of fit that mold. I and think plus, whichever got- team has the most, like, competitive depth, right? Because you can have depth on your team, but if the team doesn't – compete well together then it doesn't matter so I think whoever has the most competitive depth will win it all and yeah I do think it is between the lightning and the avalanche and that's that's really exciting if you're a Denver fan and guys you guys are all now Colorado avalanche fans okay since you don't care about hockey if anyone asks you you like the abs so so I'm actually already <laughs> affiliated because our friend Austin was a Penguins fan so I always oh no oh, but I love me some but I will be rooting for you guys for the rest of the way. How about that? I'll take it. I'll take it. Plus, you guys will have home ice the rest of the way, so you better not blow this one. I know, which is super exciting. As someone who gets who's lucky enough to get to go to all of the home games and hopefully travel for the Stanley Cup Finals, I'm very happy that we're going to have home ice all the way through. Well, I tell you what, 
Something that you're not going to be happy about is the next topic with Tim Connolly going to the Timberwolves on a massive deal. I can't remember exactly what it was. Was it four years, 40, or four years, 80? Four years, 45, I'm pretty sure. Okay, that that's right. I couldn't – I don't know why I thought it was 80. Probably because Tim Connolly's really good, and I don't know how <laughs> the Wolves decided or were able to prime away, but that's a huge Ownership. blow for the Nuggets. Yeah, it's a huge blow. So he's getting partial ownership of the Timberwolves, which if you're Tim Connolly, you have to take that unless the Nuggets were going to offer him something. Like, no one is faulting him for taking it because it's obviously massive, but it just shows that the Nuggets are just a stepping stone for everybody else, you know, and that's not what you want to be known for. It's also just giving to fans right now that Stan Kroenke doesn't buy in to all of his teams. We've got three teams here in Denver the Nuggets, they do not have their own practice facility. They are one of two teams in the NBA that do not have their own designated practice facility. The NHL, the Avalanche, they practice in like a kid's arcade. Like there's peewee hockey going on as soon as the Avalanche leave the ice. That, like, is, that is crazy. Ridiculous on so God, many levels. Stay crunky so much. He's worth like $10.5 billion. And he can't invest any of that into giving an NBA team uh, like their own practice facility or, you know, not having your Colorado Avalanche team who's hopefully going to win the Stanley Cup this year, like their own practice facility. But it's a whole thing. People are pissed off about it here in Denver. They're finding it really hard to buy in. There's talk that, you know, although it's very unlikely, Jokic could be like, you know what? Stan Kroenke not going to buy into this entire team. Why should I stay here? Why should I not follow uh, Tim Connolly out or see what other opportunities there are because that's all he wants to do is win a championship. That's what he oh, cares man. about. And we don't see it happening. It's like a 99.95% chance that he's returning back to Denver. But there's talks about that. It's hard to buy into a team, especially if you're a player who's, you know, doesn't have an owner who really cares, it seems like. So it's it's a struggle. We're going to actually hear from Josh Kroenke on Wednesday. It's like the first time in four years. So he's the governor of like, the Denver Nuggets, so he's going to talk to the media, and there are a lot of questions because fans also haven't been able to watch any of the Altitude um, broadcasts, which carry the Nuggets and Avalanche here in Denver. So a lot of, like, I would say probably 75% of the people here in Colorado can't watch their two, like, favorite teams, which is ridiculous on so many levels, too. Yeah, I was going to say, um, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, uh, you know, introduce that soapbox out of fear that, you know, it would piss you off too much. But I know that's a huge issue. And I know I've seen so many jokes about how like 75% of Colorado, like you said, doesn't even know that Jokic won two MVPs because they haven't been able to watch it. It's <laughs> ridiculous on so many levels. And yeah, you can get people really fired up out here about it. Like that doesn't even make sense. You could go into a coffee shop and ask people and like no one would know, but it's because they can't watch it, which is just hurting future generations of kids who can't grow up watching it here. So it's like Denver's going to die off as a sports town if they can't watch it. Like, it won't actually completely ever die off, obviously. But, you know, it's kind of a talk we've had. That's so, like the Royals with baseball. Mm-hmm. Well, it's well, just baseball, you're hurting your Don't your even, don't even start town. the whole baseball thing, Beans. That's a problem everywhere. Uh, I guess that's true. That's, that's very Bally true. Sports is really – and, like, MLB Network and everything is really screwed over baseball just from a watching perspective. Yes. Like, you – honest to God, if you want to watch baseball, you just need to buy a VPN. Like, that's not even a lie. No, yeah, it's very true. Yeah, just put yourself, like, in Europe, and then you can watch your 
favorite team. But it's dumb. Baseball is dumb, and Stan Kroenke is dumb, and ugh. I hate Stan Kroenke so much. What What are the odds he's trying to kill off fan interest so he can move that team to Seattle? Like one percent? Yeah, I would say one percent. Okay, good, because I don't want you guys to leave because that would be really dumb, and then I have to root for the Thunder, and I hate the Thunder. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's like it. definitely not a big possibility by any means. I think there's too many roots here in Denver for Kroenke, despite right. him with the lack of caring, but they're still here. All right, well, Rachel, I think it's time for the main event. I think I'm going to have to apologize for throwing you to the wolves. We're going to get some Broncos talks. I know that. Two folks are very excited, chopping up the bit to get to that. But before I let them, before I release them on you, I want you to give us kind of your thoughts on the offseason for Denver, kind of what you're thinking about, you know, the offseason, what you think about the Russell Wilson trade, the draft, and then kind of where you think the Broncos are. Are they just a playoff contender, or do you think they're even a Super Bowl contender? So the floor is yours before these two Roots come, you know, being Chiefs homers. <laughs> First of all, I love it. Um, they're not going to win the Super Bowl this year, although that would be a dream. But I do think that they are playoff contenders. It's been really cool to see how Russell Wilson has just come in here and completely transformed like this entire city pretty much. I mean, everyone is buying into Russell Wilson. It has been so cool to see the little details that he cares about and how players are responding. There's so much, Um, but they're moving parts. Like this team is really kind of brand new, right? They've got a new head head coach in Nathaniel Hackett, obviously Russell Wilson. Like there's a lot of moving pieces that this team's going to have to figure out. They're not going to have immediate success right off the bat. A lot of people are like, oh, well, they're just going to go in and win 10 in a row until they get to Baltimore and then they'll figure it out. Like, no, they're probably going to lose a game or two, whether that's to the Raiders, whether it's to the Chargers, like, it's not going to be all bright and shiny, happy bubbliness that everyone is expecting. There's a lot of moving pieces. So I think that they're going to win the Super Bowl. I do think that they will make it to the playoffs, which will be a huge step in the right direction for this team because Denver fans are dying for them to do that. But, you know, like, like I think there's just going to be a lot of moving pieces. I don't think that they're going to be just completely outstanding, like right from the get go. Well, part of the like adding new pieces and the team being new to me seems like you lost Cortland Sutton to injury last year. You lost Jerry Judy to injury for part of the year. And like, I know Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke did a lot of good things for Denver, but I think it's pretty fair to say it was really hard to evaluate other players on that offense just because the quarterback play was so bad. So we don't really know how good Jerry Judy can be. I think we can say the same thing about Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, a lot of the weapons there on that offense. So in the same way that that offense has untapped potential, no one knows where that ceiling stops either. I agree with you. And I think having Russell Wilson, is going to be a major upgrade for this wide receivers core. But I also think it's going to be really, really big competition between all of them. Um, Defenses are going to have to definitely try really hard to kind of figure out what's going to go on with them. But the sky is the limit. I actually have a hot take that I'll save for later about this wide receiver core that I'm excited about. But Oh, fuck. <laughs> Tim Patrick's absolutely leading this team in targets. It's fine. Everything's fine. Actually, Wait, who did you say? Tim Patrick. <laughs> I think you're right, though. Like, 
I threw oh, damn it. the top target. <laughs> I, I really do believe it's going to be the top target because defense is all focused on open a lot and boom there he goes he's tall he's big he's got every opportunity in the world to be a like a plus wide receiver in this league and i think russell wilson's gonna make him that he's also one of those wide receivers that every time he's been given the opportunity has taken it and ran with it he's been really good with the opportunities he's been given uh so i I don't think that's a like terrible hot take there at all. Russell or Tim Patrick's a outstanding wide receiver. Tim Patrick he, a ton of touchdowns too. Like just a ton, a ton, a ton. Mm-hmm. Awesome red zone threat. Does anybody hear that? Driving? Who's driving? Oh, I am driving. Oh, oh let's go. We got another driving segment. Let's go. <laughs> driving so, just like the okay. complete so, last third of the season. I'm surprised you the, can uh, hear it though, because you're still on oh, my yeah. like AirPods. So I'm oh, yeah. surprised you can hear it. This thing will yeah, pick sorry, up anything. Guys. Anyway, no, speaking of fine. I, I did an entire show while driving and missed the last third of it because well Bunsy County has terrible Wi Fi. <laughs> so speaking of the whatever. Speaking so of the Broncos wide receivers on this uh, on this uh, pod, <laughs> is it my turn? All right. So speaking of the Broncos wide receiver roster, they actually have a Kansas guy, Caden uh, Davis. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's from Northwest Missouri State. I actually have really high hopes for that guy. I think he he's a UDFA, but I think he has a lot of untapped potential. Okay, nice. First of all, impressive. I like that you are, you're not just like a K-State person, like 100%. You look at the other schools around too. Oh, yeah. um, I haven't heard too much. I think that there's, there's, a, there's a lot of potential all throughout this team, right? Like I think some of the smaller, and I've actually been getting kind of a lot of hot takes on that. We've been talking about these smaller schools and if these players can live up to the NFL dream or whatever it is. And I think anybody's got the potential. To be honest, I'm more surprised when somebody – how do I phrase this so I don't piss off some people? I am less surprised when a player who maybe went undrafted, who was just like a smaller-type school guy, you know, goes out there and ends up making a huge name when somebody like Jerry Judy ends up being a bust. Like, I think it's more possible that this kid could definitely come out there and like show that he belongs in the NFL. And I think Jerry Judy could 100% be a bust in the next upcoming years. So Jerry Judy's a bust confirmed. 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 I hope you're wrong, Rachel. I have a lot of Jerry Judy shares in uh, fantasy football. So I need you to be wrong on that. Yeah. Um. I don't think. (laughs) Well, (laughs) um, not yet. He's not labeled a bust yet. I definitely think he could be, though. This is going to be his year. He's got an elite quarterback. He has every single inch of potential, but potential is the worst word to use when you're talking about a player. You want to be somebody who actually has production, not potential. And I I don't know. I don't know if he can do it. I don't know if he can keep his head on straight. Obviously, he just got arrested recently. Um, there's a lot of talk about that too, of what's going on. And he's got some back soreness, which is why he hasn't practiced in OTAs as of yesterday. So 
I don't know. I think, yeah, it's going to come down to him having to have his head on straight and to be focused and to be committed to Russell Wilson like all of the other wide receivers are. Otherwise, I think Wilson's going to overlook him and be like, well, we're moving on. I've got three others. Yep. I I do have a legitimate question for you. Um, What was the vibe like for you and, like, everyone else that you work with when that tweet from, like, Adam Schefter got dropped and was like, yeah, Jerry Judy got arrested, but there's nothing else. It was just he got arrested. Like, what was your initial thought? Because my initial thought was like, oh, my God, he's, like, actually going to, like, prison, prison. So we actually knew before Adam Schefter did. Um, Brandon oh, Stokely, shit. I don't know if you guys remember him. He used to play in the NFL. Um, oh, Stokely? He, yeah, I remember Stokely. Yep, so he works for our station. So he texted all of us, and he was like, Jerry just got arrested. And we were like, excuse me and he was like stay tuned we're trying to figure out details so we're all frantically trying I mean we were on with like Parker County Jail out here Douglas County Jail like anyone was trying to get a hold of somebody in the jail like department to be able to be like can you confirm that he is there and then it just exploded right all the rumors started going about you know why he was getting arrested and it went absolutely crazy but it was like a three hour long thing like, I was on the phone and stalking Twitter for three hours, you guys. I'm not refreshing, like, probably every five minutes or so, being like, okay, is any other details going to appear? And I was on their court, like, system being like, okay, what's his name going to appear for? It was a whole freaking process, and it is exhausting. I don't know how news people can do it, because when you are trying to, like, track down somebody who's going to prison, holy smoke, or not to prison, to jail or is in jail, it is a whole thing. So... Yeah, I mean, we were all nervous, but we were like, we also have three other amazing wide receivers that I'm not super stressed about if Jerry Judy doesn't play for this team. I think that's kind of, you know, like the talk here in Denver is people are like, oh, we want him to be good, but if he's not going to be good, we'll all survive. Well, as someone who had Henry Ruggs on their fantasy team, that was a very, very stressful time. I, I honestly thought that I was going to lose two wide receivers on my fantasy team to uh, arrest, and that would have been very dumb. In less than a year. Less than a year, yes. Yeah. That would have been very bad. But Rachel, I, we, I would I be know. doing this podcast a disservice if I didn't ask you – what do you think is the thing that's going to prevent Denver from going to the Super Bowl this year? And why is it second half of the season, Russell Wilson? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. Um, I actually don't think it's going to be second half, Russell Wilson. I Yeah, yeah she's wrong. <laughs> I don't. So, okay, here's the thing, right? Like their second half, is a brutal schedule like their beginning schedule is like super easy there's no really worries on it besides anybody in the AFC West but then you come down to the end of the schedule and you're looking at the Chiefs obviously which you guys could talk about that um, record against the Broncos here for probably a long time which we'll try to avoid here but then you've got the Ravens on the schedule the Titans on the schedule um, Carolina's kind of whatever but there's just so many so many good quality teams on the schedule, but I don't think it's going to come down to Russell Wilson not being able to produce. I think it's going to come down to the defense coming and being able to produce. I think that these teams have the opportunity to kind of run all over the defense, especially too, if they're, if they do go somehow and they go into the bye week and they're undefeated, 
it's a lot of confidence in a team, right? right and right. sometimes NFL players get really big heads. And I think that's when it could kind of everything hits the fan and shit goes wild. And that's when things start to fall apart. I don't think it's going to become be because of Russell Wilson. He's so detail oriented. You guys, it is absolutely crazy. He says he gets four or five hours of sleep a night. That's crazy. I can't even survive on just like eight hours. I need more than that. So the fact that he's got multiple kids, his wife is a supermodel singer, incredible, like boss babe too. I sounded like such a girl right there as I say boss babe. But boss babe. <laughs> boss babe. She's incredible, right? Like she is the name of the family. Then you've got Russell Wilson. He He's in the Broncos facility at 5 a.m. every single day. He has his routine down to on Sunday mornings, you want to meet Russell Wilson, go to the pool at the hotel because he's going to be there swimming laps. Like that's how detail oriented he is when it comes down to just his like everyday schedule. And like the conversations we've heard from wide receivers about just the talks they've had when they're watching film, when they're reviewing plays, like it has to come down to a 10th of a second for the throws. If you think about that, that's insanity. So I don't think it's going to be Wilson. I think it's going to be this defense if they get too caught up in, um, the success that they had early on in the season and the leadership on there can't just control and bring down any big heads. I think that's going to be the main issue. Uh, from a, uh, I'm glad you mentioned the defense there. From a serious standpoint, um, you are losing a defensive-minded head coach and a coach that I think a lot of people in Denver would agree made that defense look as good as it possibly could. I, I know they have a lot of talent, but they definitely played to the best of their abilities over the last couple of years. Um, I would expect that with, oh, good God, now I'm drawing a blank on the actual defense. Daniel Hackett. No, no, the old coach. Vic Fangio. Hey, no. uh, Fangio definitely <laughs> helped that defense. The guys, potential guys on that defense, like Patrick Sertain, um, just reached the top of their potential, played to the best of their abilities. I would expect that to regress a little bit. Um, and I think that matches perfectly with what you're saying and what you're describing. But Russell Wilson's absolutely going to collapse down the stretch. You need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah, I mean, this defense, and what's really sad is for how defensively minded and a great co- or coach he was, as everyone said, like they sucked. Like they were not a good football team by any means. I right. think you could ask. They had, like, a, like you said, like potential. They had a, they had all the right tools. They just didn't look like they knew how to use them. They were missing a quarterback. That, I yeah. mean, that's that's what the Denver team came down to. They had all of the tools there, the defensive coach, um, sure, whatever, but they just didn't have a quarterback that would allow that team to hit the high enough level to play, make playoffs and go on a playoff run, especially in a division like you look at uh, our division now. And you, especially if you're starting Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke in this division, you're just screwed. You're going to get left behind. Derek right. Carr is the fourth best quarterback in this division. And Derek Carr's arguably a top 10 quarterback. Like in yeah, that's, that's crazy. This division is so <laughs> tough. People are saying it's the toughest division in all of sports. And I kind of think I have to agree. It is insane the amount of talent that is on this like team, but also this entire division. The amount of talent you have in the Chiefs, the amount of talent you have in the Raiders, the amount of talent that's in the Chargers. Like there are so many good names that you're going to see so much prime time of the AFC West that everyone is going to know all of the drama that lives within the AFC West. It's going to be so much fun this season. I cannot wait. Would you so- be surprised if all four of the teams made the playoffs? Because with the seventh, uh, with the third wild card team, like every 
everyone from a division can make it. And I know that's super unlikely just because everyone has to play everyone twice and, you know, like all that and everything. And there's like other good teams out there. Like Miami is probably going to be pretty good this year. And like Tennessee and India are both probably going to be pretty good. But like, would it surprise you if like all the AFC West teams ended up making it? I think it would kind of surprise me, but it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, it would surprise me. Uh, I don't know. I know everyone's like all like hyped up on the Chargers and stuff, and I think they're a good football team. But I just don't. I think they're Ooh. they're going to be the bottom of the AFC West. Wow. I know a lot of people are putting. Wow, that should have been your hot take. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, everyone here is so hyped up on Jerry Judy that when you talk to people inside of Denver, they're like, oh, my God, Jerry Judy's the greatest thing that could have happened to Denver besides Russell Wilson. So that's why it's probably a hot take for me. I feel like as soon as you get outside of Denver, people are like, oh, yeah, it's Jerry Judy. Yeah, like, whatever. Jerry. Yeah, he's fine. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say the Chargers for me are probably going to be the bottom. Then it's going to be the Raiders, Broncos, and then Chiefs again. So, oh, wow, so, she's, so she's a little more gung ho on the Chiefs than even me, I would say. Yeah, hey, yeah, me too. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is playing the new school football, right? That's the other issue here in the NFL is there are coaches that are still playing old school football, and then there's this new school football. And Patrick Mahomes is like the leader in the new school football because he's young, you know, he finds different ways to make plays happen. It's not just about coming out of the pocket or staying inside the pocket, like, he is the absolute definition of, like, new school football, and Russell Wilson is not that 100%. Like, he's obviously a little bit older. I don't know if he's got quite the potential that Patrick Mahomes does, but I do think that he has the maturity, and, like, he knows how to win, and that's what's going to make him be a playoff quarterback. So, so Mike, I have a question for you real quick. Um, what, what would you grade – the Broncos offseason this year between the draft and getting uh, Russell Wilson, you know, trading away, you know, all, you know, Fant, Noah Fant, like what, what would you grade this uh, offseason? Oh, I would give it. So that's so hard because as soon as you say Russell Wilson, you're like, you gotta give it an A plus. Right. But then, so they, like, then you look at the draft and it's like, eh. that's where, yeah, I'm like, and, People are also pretty gung ho here about Randy Gregory, which like he's good, but he only signed to Denver because he 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 only signed to Denver because he can smoke weed there. (laughs) Maybe that's for sure. But like, there's not incredible. Denver or no Dallas gave him a deal, and they said that you have to quit smoking weed, and he said no, fuck that, I'm going to Denver. (laughs) Uh, Randy Gregory is pro athletes are people too. Anyways, back to the grading. No, you're fine. They they all have their hobbies, right? Just yeah. Like we all do, I guess. But <laughs> they just have more money to spend on theirs. Um, <laughs> hey, as long as you're just smoking weed, not uh, betting on sport or betting on football. So, you know. Oh. We're locking his keys exactly. in his ex-wife's car. Um, I would say grade-wise, though, I would give them a B, uh, either a B or a B plus. Okay. Um, yeah. Russell Wilson obviously being the A plus, and then I feel like some of the things that they did um, were just more questionable decisions, like in the draft. I do like Greg Dolchich. I, I do like Dolchich. I wanted him. I was wanting him to come to the Chiefs so bad. Yeah, I like him. I love his hair. He's been very free flowing with his hair recently. While he's here, he's kind of owning it. Um, he Greg looks like Benita. that guy. Yeah. 
like he he's just cool right like he's somebody you're around and you're like oh you're just like a really cool dude there's some football players that you get around and you're like oh you're a cocky football player Greg is just like I'm here like I'm loving life this is great that's exactly what he looks like he's like the California like surfer dude like yeah yeah like just absolutely thriving happy to be here like doesn't have that status quo with him like some other players do but yeah I mean He's cool. Like I'm excited about him. Greg Benita or um, Benita is cool too. Like he's kind of buying into the Denver. We've got Casa Benita out here, so he's buying into this nickname with it. Um, and then obviously you kind of go down the draft and things get a little more iffy, I would say. Yeah. But yeah, it's been fine. Free agency was fine too. There was nobody that I was like, oh my gosh, this is absolutely incredible. Besides Russell Wilson, uh, but it's. I would give it okay. I'm going to B. I've chalked myself into a B. Nice. Well, I think the draft is important to uh, remember that, like, you didn't get a first or a second round pick. Maybe not a second. I know that your first round pick and the future picks are gone because of Russell Wilson too. True. So there's only so much you can do in a draft when you don't have the the early picks to make the impact you would you would have normally. Okay, you convinced me now. A B plus. B plus. <laughs> I. <laughs> Personally, and this is this is just my personal opinion. Whenever you get a guy like a Russell Wilson, especially, I feel like you got a pretty sweetheart deal, honestly. With the yep, Eagles. compared to like a Deshaun the Deshaun Watson deal, oh, I feel gosh. like you, I feel like you got a really good deal from Seattle. And I mean, I I give you guys an A just because you got Russell Wilson. I mean, you went from bottom five quarterback to, in my opinion, top five quarterback. In Gavin's opinion, not top five quarterback. But we don't need to get into that. <laughs> I Wait, think we is, have to make sure we can see the production level first that he is the Russ we all like think we know, right? He's obviously yeah. struggled last year. So is this new freedom that he wanted that he didn't get in Seattle? Is that really the case that we're gonna experience this year? Like he wants all this freedom, he wants to have control. Well, they're giving it to him. He's got everything he needs can he go out there and produce the numbers everyone's expecting him to, or was there more to why he was struggling in Seattle than not getting the freedom he wanted? So it's kind of the question up there. And he has an O line too. That's true. Yeah. Oh, better than Seattle. Oh, but yeah, yeah. that's all. You got to throw that out there. The O line is better than what he was working. He was working with like, you know, average he was working below with average. Yeah, he was. The he was, Broncos he was... line is better than what they had in Seattle. That is a true statement. Can they be a great O line? Yes, but again, it comes down to that word potential we've talked about, and and we just we need to see the production first before I'll be like, oh yeah, I really like this O line. They're gonna protect Russell Wilson one hundred percent. We don't have to worry about him getting hurt or anything like that. Look, we're biased because uh, Dalton Reisner's on that offensive line. Agreed. Yeah, I don't know if he'll be part of this team much longer, though, guys. Oh, what? Man, I didn't know that. Madness. I would not be surprised Rip. if once his contract ends that they don't sign him back. Unless he's got a spectacular year this year. But he is a crowd favorite, that's for sure. Okay, well, I, I thought you were talking about him getting cut. Yeah, I thought oh, so, too. No. I, was like, I was like, uh-oh. No, 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 no. They need him this year. But okay. If he All doesn't right. put up spectacular numbers, I don't think that they would re-sign him. That, that's fine, then. I mean, guys guys don't get re-signed all the time. I mean, if you're just going to – I mean, no offense. A guy who's startable, then you might just go draft a guy in, like, the second or third round to replace him and be cheap. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, it just got, that's just the business side of things. I don't think that uh, we've discussed enough, though, but, like – 
having a absolute dog shit offensive line compared to just a buck average offensive line, even if Denver is just buck average, that's such a like massive difference in what it allows you to do as an offense. Um, and re- realistically speaking, you could argue that you really only need o- an average offensive line. Like being a great offensive line is obviously a help, but as long as you don't have that just one or two guys that are just killing you and giving up a pressure every three snaps or something like that, that's that's really the difference in, uh, I guess, the offensive line that Russell Wilson has now versus running for his life every other play in Seattle. True, yeah. I think here because I have just witnessed this offensive line just crumble under pressure sometimes that, again, like, if Russell Wilson goes down, this entire team goes down, right? So you need them to be spectacular. Like, Russell Wilson cannot get hurt. We talk about it for my work all the time, like, when we're on our team meetings. We're like, the worst nightmare that's, like, code red is Russell Wilson, like, hurts his knee or something, and he's out. Like, that is code red because this entire football team will crumble. So we need, like, excellence when it comes to the offensive line because we cannot afford for him, really, to get touched because he – he's everything to this team as like crappy as that would sound if you're a part of this team you probably know it that if russell wilson goes down they have no one i'm literally who is your backup yeah is it josh i believe it is no i believe it's ripon and then johnson oh yeah you're absolutely fucked then exactly (laughs) i'm like the person that has been our third string for as long as i can remember is going to be our backup like, hey, it is up. all in on Russell Wilson. So, if something happens to him, we're in a lot of trouble. Hey, Brett I mean, Ripien this is a beat uh, Sam Darnold and the Jets. No, wait. Sam Darnold didn't play that game. He beat yeah. the Jets one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I I know exactly what game you're talking about. And I'm trying to think who was in for them. Um, He's like a, oh, wait, was it Joe a blonde guy. No, he's blonde. Oh, shit. I can't think of his name. I, that was like I can picture his face. football game, too, wasn't it? What did you say? I'm sorry. Wasn't that a Monday night football game? Mm. It was like a primetime game. I remember that. Hmm. I don't remember Why are we that just game? talking about one shitty Denver quarterback when they've had multiple shitty Denver quarterbacks? <laughs> they've had a lot, a lot of crappy quarterbacks here. The, the uh, I kind of came into the right, right time. I, right. I compare Denver trying to find a quarterback after Peyton Manning left to, like, what it's been like as a K-State fan over the last couple years. I, you could say even after Jake Waters left, I th- think Jake Waters was good. But at the very least, just, like, moving on from Colin Klein and then just seeing the absolute sob story that we've trotted out at quarterback over the last decade is – it reminds Depressing. me a lot of a Denver fan. And I, I – uh, emphasize emphasize whatever the fucking empathize. word empathize em, yeah i emphasize your emphasize guys, i don't Jesus. know you're having a brain aneurysm i'm an engineer not an english major <laughs> i i did look it up it was sam Darnold. my boy went down to brett ripian nice in a primetime game no less i just the only thing i remember from that game was you guys were trying to end like the game by like having Brett drop back and, like, throw a Mallard, like, out of bounds, like, the clock would just run out. And he got just fucking killed by somebody. <laughs> and Big Fangio didn't shake Adam Gase's hand after that. That's all I remember about that game. I've tried to block out all of those memories. We're only looking forward <laughs> to the future. 
Well, so now I have you've a, got Russell Wilson. So. I, have a, I have a question. Do you think Russell Wilson will get a second contract when he's up? Ooh, oh, yeah. It's it's probably already in the process. Like, wow. Okay. Oh, I mean, they are buying into him being the quarterback for the next 10 years. So Wow. Holy yeah. shit. You can expect a big contract extension to come, like Supermax, anything and everything you can expect. Like, they are wow. buying into Russell Wilson. Russ does you come off trade as one of those. You traded not to extend the man. Right. Yeah. And Russ does come off as one of those quarterbacks that could play, like, not – I. I don't want to compare anybody to Tom Brady, but Russ is a quarterback that could absolutely play into his late 30s and possibly early 40s. Well, he's he's the guy that takes care of his body just right. Like Tom That's Brady. what I mean by that. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean Russ has probably got five to eight years of really good production left in him, so why not? We We're haven't really talked now, shit. So time to win now. We haven't really talked shit about the Broncos yet. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> because <laughs> Russell doesn't believe in second half Russell Wilson, so there's no oh. point. We're, I mean, I mean everything that we have said, we've everything that we've said, we've all agreed with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that <laughs> Jackass hasn't asked you about the fire. Oh, dude, yeah. How does it feel to be homeless? <laughs> oh, that's not a homeless. And, people and that just spend a lot of money on their tickets may not just have a place to sit for a while. They're not completely homeless. <laughs> homeless uh, and but... ownerless. Holy shit. We are ownerless, that's for dang sure. But that's a whole another conversation we could literally talk for an hour about. Um, but I do think this new owner is going to build us a very nice brand new stadium. Which I've I'm heard that. I've heard, brand, I've heard brand new. That's crazy. That would be so much fun. So I'm, I'm down for that, 100%. Wow. We should put it in the side of a mountain. That'd be fucking cool. <laughs> Can't do that. There's no bars on the side of the mountain. That's why they you get can all their build money. the bars in the side of the mountain. If you they build it, to... they will come. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> great, great reference to baseball, which we don't talk about on here. And I don't think you want to talk about the Rockies, Rachel. To be completely no, please. No, no. I might have to go to dinner if you're going to talk about the Rockies. I <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, well, I tell you what, Rachel, you've been a delight to have on. We're so happy that you decided to uh, join us today. I know that we had been talking about it for a little bit, and I'm glad it happened. Um, now it's your time. You know, we, we stole this from the hot ones, people. You know, you get your final word for coming on. So if you want to shout out anyone, shout out anything, just let us know. I feel like I have to shout out my boyfriend because he's the one that introduced me to you guys. So obviously, shout out to him. But no, thank you guys so much for having me. Honestly, so much fun. Anytime again, um, I'm lucky enough that I get to talk sports for a living, but it's fun when I don't have to put on my professional hat and I can just talk like one of the guys. So I really appreciate you guys having me, though. Well, we love having you on. And I tell you what, we'll definitely have you on during the football season for sure. That way we can, you know, see how both our teams are doing and we can either, you know, laugh at one each other laugh at each other or cry together right you can pull some of the quotes that we had and if we're right we can be like ding 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 otherwise we're gonna be like "Er, you remember what you said about (laughs) russell wilson or uh jerry judy i feel like that's a good one yeah right there you go all goes dot 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 yeah i'm absolutely (laughs) holding on to that russell wilson's second half quote so (laughs) yeah we will have you on that We'll have to have you on mid-season, so that way you can victory lap, and then at the end of the season, so Gavin can victory lap. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good, guys. Well, I appreciate it. Well, the pleasure was all ours. Thanks again, Rachel. Mm -hmm. How do we transition now? (laughs)
Well, I'm leaving that in. I am not editing that. That way we could uh, that way we could make beans edit more. No, please don't, Jesus Christ. (laughs) And again, we want to say thank you to Miss Rachel VL for coming on today. She really gave us a lot of credibility today, but she gave us a lot of good information about Denver sports. And there's nothing to talk about nowadays. So talking Denver sports was definitely a good thing. If you want to, you know, follow Rachel on Twitter, you know, see what more she has to say, you know, even, you know, see some of her posts. You can follow her on Twitter at HeyRachelVHill. Um, that is at H-E-Y-R-A-C-H-E-L-V-I-G-I-L. I have to spell it out because VHill is spelled like vigil, but the G is silent. <laughs> I so, can't spell Rachel either, so. <laughs> I was I, about to say I the same thing. I can't spell Rachel either. And I, hey. I can't like... spell in general. I'm an engineer just like you, Gavin. <laughs> and hey. <laughs> but again, thank you again for to Rachel for having us on, or for having her come on with us. God, we're chirping over all of our words today. And now we have to go into a thought-provoking Beans, just do your thought-provoking moment. <laughs> I used all my speaking and professional credentials in the in the interview, and now it's just like yeah, we're absolutely like maxed out right now. Beans, this better be good. All right, so hear me out. This, this is this this is crazy. Like it sounds simple, but it's not. And it's the the, the government's doing it now, and it's not working. I'm not trying to get political. Anything. But in theory, if we picked one person and spent a dollar on that person each day, we could cancel human debt. Each person will only have to pay $365 a year. What? So think oh, of this. So you're, you're just okay. So, so you pick you pick one what? guy. You pick one guy, just one random guy. And you know, each person in the United States or in the world, whatever, gives that guy one dollar a day. For three hundred for the year, but and then you move on. To give the guy a, a dollar for a day. You don't have to give it to him for a day because there's like three hundred like million people in America. But you pick a different person each year, and all you're spending is a dollar a day, and then you move on to the next person. And in Wait, theory, and, and then means, but you could you could just do three hundred and sixty five people instead. Yeah, but what I'm saying is you could cancel all human debt that way. Well, you can't. Not, not if quicker. you're giving someone else a dollar every. Let, let's do the math here. Okay, how many people are in the United States? Uh, U.S. population. See, we, we didn't research this at all. So three point or three hundred and twenty nine and a half million. Yeah. So so, we'll, so each person gives twenty nine, and then you let's say all of us give one per. We choose one person in the world and give them a dollar a day for a year. You're, okay, you're so that's canceling. 329 million dollars by you the first day. Exactly. 365 so where the fuck, days. So where the fuck are our taxes going? Into the pocket. Well, first of all, you have people who are worth billions of dollars, beans. So that's where a lot of the money's at. And then you have the government just stealing our money. So like, I didn't want to get political here, but like. I, you know, seeing that, I'm like, that that makes sense. That's crazy. Congratulations, I mean, Beans. You realize that capitalism is a fraud. It took yeah. me 23 years, but here we are. Okay, so that's 329,500. So three more zeros is million times 365. 
So that would be, oh God, God bless it. Being, I'm going to be honest though, being the people that need the money, all that you're doing is taking the money from people who've made good financial decisions and giving the money to people who are going to just like max out their credit cards at. Uh, yeah, I don't think it would matter, Gavin. At this point, it wouldn't matter though, because it's a hundred and twenty trillion dollars. Well, See? sure, but like at some point, you're gonna just buy all of the alcohol and be back down to zero again. I don't think, Gavin, you can't spend a hundred and twenty trillion dollars. <laughs> you physically can't spend. Well, it. okay. <laughs> you know what else is crazy? So we can go ahead and throw this in here as well. You know what's even crazier? You are closer to being a millionaire than Elon Musk. I, I buy that. Yeah, I absolutely buy that. That's just fucking crazy. That was like because yeah, he's he's dealing in like the billions, and we're yeah. dealing in the thousands, which is closer <laughs> to a million. I'm, I'm dealing with thousands. I'm at like ten cents here, man. <laughs> I'm dealing and, with well, pennies. I'm, okay, okay, okay. Once we like get some financial stability up in this bitch, and we're like in our thirties, <laughs> we'll be in the thousands. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's funny, yeah. but yeah, yeah, no. Like just thinking of that, like you could cancel all human debt. Like just it's no, easy. you could. It'd be super easy. It's Barely easy. talking about. You know, you could do means you could just give a dollar to three hundred sixty-five different people, and then yeah, you could just. You don't even have to do a person a day. You could just choose a different person every day. That's let's what say, I was trying to tell you. No, yeah, no. <laughs> so, I like, mean, you could do a cent, and it would still be three million dollars. Do that'd be even easier. Why don't we do it that way? Because we're dumb, I guess. I don't know. God, because we just figured out government. Have... We should well, make our own. Let's make our well, own government. We're Fly already state. doing this, where our tax dollars are going to dumb people that have no money, and then they turn around to take the government money and spend it on alcohol, not something that they need. And the cycle just repeats itself. And that's where our whatever 20% of our paychecks that comes out of our tax return or Holy our shit. taxes and our paycheck go to. We you already do I'm this. I'm going to say this right here, right now. Why, are, why is my money not being used to uh, do infrastructure? Like our infrastructure stinks. Because Dude, dr- Sam, the homeless people that live on the other side of Linear Trail in Manhattan need your money. <laughs> How are they getting it though? They don't even have a mailing address. That joke was fucked up. Rachel's never coming back on this show, probably. She's probably going to oh. listen to this and be like, oh man, I can't believe I was in the interview with these guys. I blame oh. Beans. Okay, I blame sorry. Beans too. This is a segment. In the end, we could create our own government, call it the flyover state government. I mean, I'm yeah, just people reading... just gave us money and we burned it. It'd be doing the same thing. <laughs> I'm reading the question of the week, and now I'm remembering what it is that I was going to ask, and I don't want to say it. <laughs> oh, come on. Are we going straight I... to hot take, or are you going to... We're going straight to hot take. I'll come okay. up with the hot take. Okay, Beans, I'm guessing this is the one you wrote, and I think I'm going to disagree with it. Tell the people what it is. People who stop to turn right Need to wear a bumper sticker that says, I am a mouth breather. Beans, you realize it's illegal to not stop and look before you turn right, correct? But you can, you don't have to yeah, stop there's completely. There's no but. It is physically illegal. Technically, you can do it's a so lot. Really... You have to stop completely. No. 
Unless it's a yield sign. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah. just you don't even, okay, so you're coming up to a red light, okay, and it's clear. You look to your left, it's clear, you know, and you're turning right. You don't have to come to a complete fucking stop, just need it. Yes, you do. A yes, you do. That's the point of a red light. Then you should wear a fucking <laughs> bumper sticker. <laughs> you know what Independence has, actually? They have, like, a uh, merge lane. So you don't act. So if you're turning right on some of the streets, you actually don't it, need to stop. Good example. Good example. That happened today. So like I'm in the right lane to turn right. Okay. Like it's its own lane to turn right, and the light is green, and you stop. Don't do that. Okay. Well, stop. Okay. Green light. Green light. That's completely different than stopping at a red light. Yeah, but that's yeah. just in general. It's just in general. Just by you know, the way, just a heads up. Some of you guys, you two will end up in Independence at some point to see me. Turning left into one of those lanes where there's like a lane to like merge from the right, like I was describing. Yeah, yeah. dude, that's a mind fuck. Because you turn, <laughs> you have to turn to the left of like the light port where the uh, merging lane is, but it looks like you're turning into traffic. <laughs> I fucked that up like multiple times when I first got to Indy. And I probably almost caused an accident because of it. <laughs> like, it's a mind fuck. It's, it's crazy, but whatever. Is it like the figure eight there by... Uh, You'd have um, to see it, dude. It literally, okay. It's literally like a merging lane. Like, okay. Like, you the know, street is just a one-lane street, and then it turns into a two-lane street because of a merge. I must like, be thinking got, of, like... you have the... to see it. Like, it's, it's cool. It works really well. Especially because I always turn right to go to Taco Bell before I do these shows. <laughs> By the way, please sponsor us, Taco Bell. You, you know how, like, uh, two-lane streets that are, like, divided by, and they have the street going in the middle where it's just used as a turn lane if you're turning left from either side of the road? I, like, hate when people will turn left, go across one side, and then use that lane as its own driving lane to try and merge to the right. Because, like, a, it's dangerous as hell, but B, like, you also are just completely dependent on the people that are in those lanes already to just let you over so you don't just eventually have to turn left, so you aren't just having oncoming traffic coming at you. That also pisses me off. But, Beans, your hot take here is literally encouraging people to break the law. <laughs> people are already bad enough at driving post-covid that they don't need to listen to this pot they don't need to listen to this section of the podcast to get any new ideas gavin what's yours well so going from one thing that's illegal to another that is just makes complete sense and i don't know why everyone doesn't think this way because everyone's idiots but why the fuck do we have rugs Rugs, like the things you use to cover your floor, they're just objectively pointless. And pointless as in they serve absolutely no purpose. I have a note here that says... decoration, isn't it? We're using ground to cover up ground. Nobody says (laughs) take dirt to cover up the fucking dirt here. Like, your floor is what it is. Like, if you have a concrete basement or, like, you just had dirt as a floor in your house and you said, hey, I want to put a rug here so I, like, have a floor. Like, okay. But you have, like, this nice ass hardwood floor that you paid a bunch of money for and you think oh i want to cover it up with a rug that will also look nice like what the fuck are you doing are you trying to keep your floor warm are you afraid it's gonna like get cold at night or something and put a blanket on it god he is going in on rugs i, I don't rug. understand what the because you got you got to like fucking target when you're on your like cultural high high end here and you want to like make your house look like you're a rich person 
And you see that these motherfuckers are like $200 for a tiny little circle of carpet. And you just go and put it in your house and then tell yourself that, like, you've spent your money well. or what. Speaking of just handing out money that's going to be burned, apparently people just pay money to cover their floor with more floor. <laughs> so, Gavin, so what do you, what's your uh, opinion on, like, a doormat? Okay, okay. Oh. that serves a purpose, <laughs> though, because you can like use it to get mud off your shoes. You're coming in from outside. You don't want to drag mud through the house. Like, that serves a purpose. That, I realized how dumb of a question that was as soon as I asked it. So, <laughs> um, and what are your thoughts on rugs over carpet? Oh, oh my god. Okay. Yeah, so like, that's a good way to think about it, though, Beans, because if you just didn't have hardwood floor, you just had carpeted floor. Like, is that any different besides just you like the look of it different? And you, But you put a rug on it, and it's the same exact thing. You're just covering floor with floor. The carpet I, industry yeah, is going to go downhill. It's just decoration. Well, okay. Well, what if you're using a rug on your hardwood floor to put like uh, like a table on, so that way it doesn't scratch up the hardwood floor? That I can I can at least understand that because it's serving a purpose. But like you're also spending two hundred dollars to do a job that those tiny little like I was gonna say the same thing. Those little uh, fabric things that you can put yeah, on the bottom. Yeah, you just you stick to the bottom of the legs. Yeah. You know you know what um we did in college in our big yellow house. To remedy for that. Oh, the big yellow house. The big you put we, like lids on the bottom. No, we went out to. I don't even remember where we went out to. We went out to some furniture place like in Manhattan, and we took like carpet samples and just stuck them on the bottom. That is hilarious. <laughs> so we just took carpet samples and did it. It was just like, oh my goodness. That is yeah. hilarious. I don't. I don't think that this is like a controversial hot take here or anything. I just think that like. The rich white girl sitting up in her parents' mansion is going like, "Why well, do I think it look nice?" And like, that's fine, everything, but <laughs> it serves no purpose. Like, it's objectively pointless here. That's, that's all I got to say on rope. I really thought I was going to be able to come up with a hot take during the show, and then I remembered immediately that I never can come up with anything on, over the show because all I'm doing the whole time is just talking about everything else. And just giving my hot takes during the show. So, um, I guess my hot take is going to be... I don't even know, man. <laughs> my hot take is I can't... Well, I already had one. But I can't believe we agreed with everything Rachel said. <laughs> yeah, it was fun to have Rachel on. But, I mean, I, I'm glad that Rachel wasn't being, like, some Denver homer or something like that. Like, she could have easily done that. And we could have easily been Chiefs homer. But I thought we actually produced some. You know what? That's my hot take. I think we actually produced a legitimate segment for once. <laughs> a legitimate professional segment or semi-professional segment. And with minimal, we're absolutely with min- carried by somebody that produces professional segments for a legitimate career. So hey, that's min- with thing, baby riding up the coattails with minimal cursing. You know, yeah. we did do minimal cursing. Yeah, I'm proud of us for what. Yeah, look, look at that. You're shit. pretty clean. <laughs> I mean, yeah, immediately yeah. afterwards, we regressed to talking about homeless people wasting our money, but... Yeah, okay. no, we <laughs> You know what? Anyone who listened to this, just forget about pretty much everything that happened before or after Rachel showed up. Just kind of, you know, <laughs> pretend that that was just the whole show. <laughs> well, yeah. Jeff, I think it's time for final words. Rachel shouted out her boyfriend, Mr. Anthony Cleekin. We're not going to, you know, give out any details on him because he probably wants to remain anonymous and, you know, you know. But I could just name drop him, so you know. 
Hi, Anthony. <laughs> Hi, Anthony. <laughs> Hi, Anthony. Do any of you guys have any other final words for tonight? Um, I just want to um, – it was good having Rachel on. It was nice talking to – most of the Denver fans that we have around here are like – and I know uh, Jacob knows exactly what I'm talking about here. Uh, they are like – surrounded by chiefs fans so they have to like become even larger denver fans to like rationalize being denver fans which is fine and like i appreciate your fandom but it was nice to talk to somebody who was like at least um i say grounded in their fandom that like understand that like russell wilson coming in is really good it's going to help us out but like it doesn't just make this team instantly super bowl bound it was it was a very well uh, well thought out and grounded answers we got from Rachel and it was a I liked having Rachel on that was a good interview. It was like legit. It was it was legit. Yeah, she brought yeah. credibility to the show. Yeah, I, I wish we yeah. could have done a Denver Broncos uh, win loss record. It's okay. We'll have more credibility in three years when Traylon Burks uh, busts out of the NFL and people will be like, oh my god, nobody thought the coming. Ooh. Traylon Burks, Burks that, actually Traylon, does end up not making it like in the NFL because of weight problems, and someone's gonna find this like three years from now. And be like, oh my god, like these guys are fucking crazy. Like these guys Tra- are crap. They know what Tra- they're talking about. They're they're plugged in. <laughs> Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks is gonna get the Eddie Lacy contract. Oh my god! Could you imagine? Oh, I'm locking oh, that one in. I'm what? locking that they're in. They're gonna dude. Okay, Traylon. We'll, we'll make this my hot take. Traylon Burks is a tight end in three years. Three years. That's a good one. I mean, didn't there, we there's a super hot take that's going to age really bad. <laughs> didn't we but say it? if it doesn't, oh, my God, we're cracked. We're ready to go. <laughs> you guys realize that Kyle Pitts profiles more like a wide receiver in the NFL than uh, Drake London does? Yeah, like, no, yeah. yeah. Or his, like, speed. I know we, Drake London didn't run a 40, but, like, the fact what, that he didn't talked, run a 40. We, we talked about this. We talked what, about this draft. We talked about this draft night where when they picked up Drake London, we are like, what if Drake London is the tight end and Kyle Pitts is the I receiver? I think he would work better in the, like, Travis Kelsey role. Yeah. Well, so, um, I'm pretty sure I saw a stat where, like, Kyle Pitts was, like, the number one receiver in uh, yards per route run. Like, yep. At receiver. Yep. Outside receiver, he led the NFL in yards per route run. Now, what that also means is he didn't run as many routes, and, like, the routes he did were schemed and, like, all that stuff. But, like, yes, that still still takes talent to do. Legitimate talent. And that's what Kyle – I mean, Kyle Pitts, just from a, like, size-speed standpoint, is just, like, a better athlete than uh, Drake London. That's, like, not a hot take at all. It's just reality. All right. Well – I didn't think at the end of the show our final word would be Kyle Pitts is really good at football. But <laughs> it somehow ended up being that. And I think we're going to have to close up the show, folks. We want to thank Rachel again for coming on, giving our show some credibility. But honestly, just being a great interview. It was a great time having her on. Um, we want to thank all of you guys for listening to us, too. Make sure to like the video, rate the video, subscribe if you know you like what we had going on here. You know, we want all the feedback you can give us, whether it's good or bad. We want to make improvements. Um, also, feel free, if you enjoyed the content, to follow us on Twitter at underscore, underscore, F3S, all capitals. That's underscore, underscore, capital F, the number three, and capital S. Again, we want to thank Rachel one more time. And we want to say thanks again to all of our listeners for watching. 
and listening today. You didn't watch it, but we like to think you did. All right. See you next time. God bless and fuck Bosco boys.